Hi everyone, I'm Tara Lon. Welcome to Time Out with Tinseltown Mom. I'm here today with someone who's been on before, Dr. Jenny Yip. Dr. Yip is a clinical psychologist, author, speaker, and a nationally recognized OCD and anxiety expert. Today, we're going to talk about when a parent doesn't like their child and steps to take to remedy that relationship. Hi, Dr. Yip. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Terrilyn. Thank you so much for having me back. Oh, well, thank you. So for those who do not know who you are, they didn't listen to our episode on anxiety and OCD and kids. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just give us a little more insight into who you are specifically and what you do? Okay. Well, I am a behavior and cognitive psychologist. Um, I'm the founder of the Renewed Freedom Center, where we work with children with um, obsessive compulsive disorder, as well as severe anxiety disorders. And I also founded the Little Thinker Center, where we work with children with developmental and um, academic challenges. Okay. All right. Great. So today we're talking about when a parent doesn't like their child and steps to remedy that relationship. But before we get into the topic now, is this something that is common for a parent not to like a child? Or do you think this is kind of out of the ordinary? Oh, you know, I mean, I can certainly attest that there's been many a times where I dislike my child. <laughs> I think I think for any parent to say, oh yeah, I love my children, you know, 24-7, 100% of the time, you know, I think you might be a little dishonest with yourself. There are always moments where we just get, you know, we just have less tolerance for some of the challenges that come with being a parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's better to get that answer from an expert. So that's why I asked you the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, of course, you know, there's seasons in a child's life, the teen years, behavioral mm -hmm. issues, you know what I mean? That parents go through all of that. So I can see, you know, seasons where a parent may have those types of feelings. When do we start talking about when it's not normal to not like your child? Like, what does that look like? You know, I think when it's too consistent, right? So mm -hmm. for example, when it, it, it's very common for a child to misbehave, you know, multiple times consistently, repetitively, and then for you to dislike that. And perhaps it's very, very taxing on your mental health and your energy because you're spending a lot of energy having to uh, modify this child's behavior. But then, you know, there are other times where you don't want to, you don't care. That's different. You know, it, if, you, if you dislike your child from moment to moment because of these parent parenting, um, you know, challenges, yet your heart is still there. You really just want to help your child do better, right? And you're mm -hmm. really putting your time and energy into being with your child to help your child make the changes that are going to be more productive and more healthy, then that's not the same. That's, that's pretty typical. However, if, for example, the, you just have a genuine dislike, a detachment that you, you don't care to be with your child. You don't even care how your child is doing. That's, that's very different. You know, one, there's an invested interest. The other, it's almost like the opposite, right? It's almost like you have an invested interest to avoid your child rather than mm -hmm. help your child. So that's very different. 
Now, do statistically, I guess, I mean, I, I didn't find a lot of information out there just about this topic in general. I'm assuming that it starts with uh, a parent developing some negative feelings toward their child, and maybe they just continue along that path and how they view their child. So let's say this has happened. The parent has developed these negative feelings toward the child. It's clear that they have a disdain for their child. Mm-hmm. Even the child may know it, notice it and recognize it. Are there any immediate steps? Let's say someone falls into that category. Are there any immediate steps they can take to just get out of that rut, I guess, of those feelings that they have towards their child and, and just get it back to a positive track? See, see, and, and I want to distinguish that, right? Just the fact that you want to get back on a positive track. That tells you that, you know, you do still care about your child. You still do care about your relationship, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you do have an invested interest in your child, then there is the possibility. However, there are certain parents who don't have an invested interest in their, in their children and really just want to avoid their child at all costs. Um, and that is where the challenge becomes more difficult, right? Because if you don't have an invested interest, you have no motivation, then, then half the battle is the motivation to change. So with a parent who is motivated to reconnect, to re-engage, you know, I think, first of all, you have to look at what your expectations are. You know, as children grow and they develop and they move through the different life stages, you know, your parenting style, your disciplinary style, your approach has to also change with the child, right? So perhaps sometimes we have expectations that aren't really realistic of where this child is. So, you know, it's like when you have a young toddler, right? That toddler might be challenging. However, you know, the, the needs of a toddler is going to be very different than the needs of an adolescent, obviously. And how your approach to the two different life stages has to also be different. So I think the very first thing that you have to do, if you are motivated and invested in reconnecting with your, with your child, is to think about what are your expectations? What are your expectations of this child? What are your expectations of your relationship? And if you can really define that and clarify that, then you know, you're opening up doors for possibility. However, if you're kind of just stuck and you know you're not flexible in thinking of other possibilities then you know that that again is half the battle yeah that's good that you distinguish that because there may be someone listening let's say they're not motivated let's mm-hmm. say their child is maybe 16 now and they're just going to let them skate through the rest of their teen years until they get out of the house and mm-hmm. they're not motivated, they're apathetic towards their child. Uh, let's say they're listening and they're just thinking, you know, I don't have to put any more effort into it. I'm, I'm burnt out, whatever mm-hmm. the reason is. What could be the negative, some negative side effects that the child may experience when they do get out of the house? Like if they have a parent who is disconnected like that, like what, what do you foresee as being some of the negative side effects of that? I mean, the thing about children is that they can, they can feel 
you know, whatever a parent is experiencing, children are pretty savvy at knowing what that is. You know, the, the thing is, if a child is interested, right? So it, uh, in any relationship, whether it's a parent-child relationship or, you know, any other relationship, it takes two to tangle, right? So if you have a parent who is interested, who is invested, and a child who isn't, then we still have to get the other half on track. Of course, during the teenage years, you know, children are always going to be less interested in, in family and parents than they are with their peers. That's just a natural life stage of individuation. And as parents, part of the challenge there is to recognize that and to accept, well, this is part of my child's um, stage of individuating so that they can be prepared for real life. And my job as a parent during the teenage years is to give them the space in the room um, still with, you know, guidance, but not with the same level of control as you would during the earlier toddler, you know, young school age uh, stage to provide the guidance, but give them the space to individuate right? To, mm -hmm. to be an individual, to, to learn that they can rely on themselves, to, to develop the resiliency that they're going to need as an adult. So if, if you have a child who is less interested, you know, that's kind of pretty common. However, on the flip side, if you have a child who is more interested in why are you not connecting with me than a parent is, that's less common. Mm. And, and a parent in that stage, you know, you'll have to think about, again, what are, are your real, are your expectations realistic? Where are your boundaries, right? Where are your boundaries with this child? Perhaps, you know, the boundaries are not very clear. And therefore, if it's not very clear, oftentimes, there are miscommunications that are leading to um, you know, these conflicts, the regular conflicts that occur day to day. So even defining where are the boundaries, where are the rules, where are the expectations? I think a lot of times with many families is that it's not very clear. And then what ends up happening is that, you know, there are constant screaming matches in the household or, you know, misunderstandings, frustrations, irritability, and, you know, we all have to remember that we only have so much bandwidth, right? And right. if our plate is constantly full of conflicts, then that takes away our, our reserves to have the loving, positive, invested feelings in our children. Right. So just going back to that scenario, the unmotivated mother who mm -hmm. uh, the child is more motivated than the mom, let's say. Uh, let's say the child gets out of the house, they're 18. Now, what might that child feel when they get older? Like, would they feel abandonment? Like, is there a term that you think that, you know, they would feel or a feeling that they might have just knowing that they had a parent who maybe was disconnected with them and didn't really put the effort into that relationship like they wanted? There are certainly, you know, feelings of, of 
abandonment, feeling like you're, you've been neglected, feeling like your parents do not care about you to invest the time and energy to what your needs are. Maybe there's a lot, lack of compassion and understanding. And all of these feelings can lead to a lack of confidence insecurity, a low self image, because then what you're feeling is that I, I wasn't valued, I wasn't worthy enough for my parents to devote the time and attention that was needed at the time. Mm -hmm. So yes, and then if we're talking about mental health, I mean, that leads down to a road of depression, anxiety, um, which is a huge problem as you know, as has been highlighted in the last two years. I know there's a lot of layers to this conversation, especially how you brought up the mental health issue, because mm -hmm. yeah, there may be a child that has mental health issues. So that could lead to other problems and other problems with that in the household. So um, let's go back to the mother who let's say is motivated, but there's a lot of conflict in the house. Let's say they even have multiple children, but there's this one child who, um, I'll just say, quote unquote, the, the troublemaker, I'll just say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's very clear that there's a preference towards maybe the other, another child or other children in the household. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that child can feel that they can sense that, you know, the parent has some sort of negative feeling towards them. Right. In that scenario, is there anything, anything shy of, I guess, therapy, that that parent can do to kind of remedy that relationship. And I know, again, I know there's many layers in different ages. Let's say if it's a tween, let's say it's a mm -hmm. 10 year old mm -hmm. and they're trying to remedy that relationship. Like, is there anything, you know, short of therapy that they can just do like immediately? Like, let's say they're listening. They know there's an issue there. They want to get help. Like, is there anything right now that they could do? Absolutely. You know, there's, there's a thing <laughs> called negative attention seeking. Uh -huh. And this happens, you know, especially in that in the tween years where, you know, this is a period where kids know that they have more control of themselves, right? They want to be more independent, they want to be more uh, separate from their from their parents, they don't want to be told what to do, they want to be, um, they want to be able to get the freedom and take ownership of their own lives. However, this is also the period where we have to be extra vigilant of our kids because if we're not, then they could go down the wrong path. And then that becomes a whole other uh, can of worms during the, during the adolescent years. So the thing is that kids many times want attention, no matter what kind of attention. And the, the, Problem is also if a child has been labeled as the the what what was the term that you used the like maybe the troublemaker child, the troublemaker the, right yeah. so if I know that my parents call me the troublemaker then that's my identity you've just given me a reason to be a troublemaker right because if that's what I'm going to be labeled as. I'm not going to do the opposite to prove you wrong. I'm just going to do that to get the attention for that. And therefore, I would do things because I'm already a troublemaker and I would get attention for it. And getting that attention is better than getting no attention. Mm. Now, on the, on the flip side for parents, a lot of times when you do have a more challenging child, you only 
pay attention to the negative behaviors, right? Because that is what is loudest for you. You only hear about the negative behaviors. You only see the negative behaviors. And therefore, you're going to point out those negative behaviors even more, which then becomes problematic because that reinforces the label of the troublemaker. So as, as, as a parent, you know, what you have to do is actually do the opposite, which is not pay so much attention to the negative behaviors and pay more attention to the positive behaviors, of course, all within reason. So what I teach parents to do is, you know, you have to separate behaviors into three different categories. The first category is the positive behaviors. If you see a positive behavior, you want to reinforce it, whether it's through praise, acknowledgement, congratulation, whatever it is, you basically want to applaud the positive behavior. Even if it's so much as, oh my goodness, you got out of bed before 11 a.m. this morning, right? Mm -hmm. During summer break for, for a teen. Any little positive behaviors, um, even ones that you would expect, you want to reinforce. The second category are the negative behaviors. However, if it's negative and tolerable, you ignore. You put on your poker face. You act as if you did not see it. You did not, you did not acknowledge it. You did not uh, care for it. Okay, Because again, any negative attention will be reinforcing that negative behavior. So if it's a negative behavior, yet it's tolerable, we're going to ignore. Mm-hmm. If it is a negative behavior, yet it's intolerable, that's when we have to correct it. And what that means is that you have to have a sit down with your child and you guys have to have a talk of what is considered a, an intolerable negative behavior. And what I encourage parents to do is have the child establish what the consequences may be. The consequences serve to correct the negative behavior. However, if you are the one who is supplying the consequences without a child's input, the consequences probably would never be followed through on. Mm. However, if a child is the one who, who says, you know what, you know, I, I see how that can be an intolerable behavior. And, you know, I would suggest if this happens, then I don't know, you take away some screen time. Um, then the child has to take ownership of that. Then there is more of a possibility that this consequence would be implemented. That's good. Yeah, that's good to have them involved in that way. Now, now what if it's a parent who right from the beginning, when they birthed that baby, they didn't like that child. The child is now five. They're tolerating the child, but they've gotten to this point. I mean, is that, is that, have you seen that before? Like where a parent just has never liked their child? I don't know if that's even something that happens on a normal basis or sometimes occasional basis. I mean, I, there are occasional cases where, you know, as soon as the child is born, you know, within the first year, the parents have already, you know, uh, experience these negative emotions. And usually that happens a lot with babies who are born with certain disabilities or who are more difficult than other babies. Um, you know, 
And I think it depends on who you are as a parent. You know, there are certain parents who, if, even if my child is challenging, you know, um, you know, I'm going to find resources to help this child. I'm going to do everything that I can to improve our relationship, right? I think it depends on who you are as a parent. I also think it depends on, you know, the kind of families that you grew up with and the, the, you know, who your community is and what kind of resources you have. All of those things go to determine what kind of parent you're going to be. However, if you are a parent who... Um, have felt disconnected with your child from the very beginning, and you haven't uh, found that connection, you know, a lot of times I, I ask parents, well, why did you have a child to begin with? Right? What is it about this child that is um, helping you connect to connect with them? You know, perhaps there are certain moments where you're feeling the slight connections. And whenever you have those little brief seconds, um, you feel that connection. And if those do exist, if those moments do exist, then what I would encourage you to do is find more opportunities to have those moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And when should a parent seek professional help when it's gotten to a certain point? What does that look like, them needing professional help? Well, I think if it is interfering with your functioning, whether it's your functioning or your child's functioning, professional help is definitely warranted at that moment. And when I say functioning, I mean your daily life functioning, you know, uh, being able to do the things that you need to do to get through the day. If, if you feel like your mental health is interfering with that, then it is time to get, uh, get help. Anytime where a person's safety and uh, health is involved, that's also time to get professional help. So if you have, you know, negative thoughts about harming yourself, harming someone else, that is certainly a time to get professional help. Mm -hmm. And hopefully if there's anyone listening who feel like they're checked out and, you know, there's no hope, hopefully, you know, some of this will stimulate something uh, for them to get help, you know, if, if that's needed. Well, I thank you so much, Dr. Yip, for being here today. You're always such a pleasure and such a wealth of information. Where can people find you if they want to know more about you and what you do? Of course, you can find me on uh, dryip.com as well as uh, renewedfreedomcenter.com and littlethinkerscenter.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and whatever other social media exists today. Thanks for listening to Time Out with Tinseltown Mom. If you liked what you heard today, please be so kind and rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Because when you do that, you get this podcast in front of more listeners. And I want to offer more encouragement to a wider audience. So any positive reviews that you can give would be so helpful. Until next time.